Slava Isusagastu, Slava Novika, glory be to Jesus Christ, glory be forever. This is Father Basil again. Hope everyone's well wherever you're listening from today. So I'm going to continue to uh, talk about different characters of the Bible and their relationship with God, their relationship with um, the people that they lived with in their community. Um, remember I started with um, Adam and Eve and how they disobeyed God and were you know, basically thrown out of the Garden of Eden and they had to wait until Jesus' resurrection in order to gain heaven again. Then I talked about the obedience of Abraham, also the call of Moses at the burning bush, how he had to you know, do things even he wasn't comfortable with in order to do God's will. So you can listen to those podcasts uh, another time if you want. Today I want to talk about King David. And, you know, David is such an interesting case in the, in the, in the Bible because he was chosen by God to be the king of Israel Yet he was a great, great sinner. He was, you know, he was just an ordinary human being who had a lot of sinful things that he did. And I'm going to read a story about him, the famous story about him and Bathsheba. It was now spring, the time when kings go to war. David sent out the whole Israelite army under the command of Job, Job and his officers. They destroyed the Ammonite army and surrounded the capital city of Rabbah, but David stayed in Jerusalem. Late one afternoon, David got up from a nap and was walking around on the flat roof of his palace. A beautiful young woman was down below in her courtyard, bathing as her religion required. David happened to see her, and he sent one of his servants to find out who she was. The servant came back and told David her name is Bathsheba. She is the daughter of Iliam, and she is the wife of Uriah the Hittite. David sent some messengers to bring her to her, his palace. She came to him, and he slept with her. Then she returned home. But later, when she found out that she was going to have a baby... She sent someone to David with the message, I'm pregnant. David sent the message to Job, send Uriah the Hittite to me. Job sent Uriah to David's palace, and David asked him, is Job well? How is the army doing, and how about the war? Then David told Uriah, go home and clean up. Uriah left the king's palace, and David had dinner sent to Uriah's house. But Uriah didn't go home. Instead, he slept outside the entrance to the royal palace where the king's guard slept. Someone told David that Uriah had not gone home. So the next morning, David asked him, why didn't you go home? Haven't you been away for a long time? Uriah answered, the sacred chest and the armies of Israel and Judah are camping out somewhere in the fields and our commander Job and his officers and troops do you really think I would go home to eat and drink and sleep with my wife? I swear by your wife, by my by your life, that I would not. 
Then David said, Stay here in Jerusalem today, I will send you back tomorrow. Uriah stayed in Jerusalem that day, then the next day, David invited him for dinner. Uriah ate with David and drank so much that he got drunk, but he still did not go home. He went out and slept on his mat near the palace guards. Early the next morning, David wrote a letter and told Uriah to deliver it to Joab. The letter said, Put Uriah on the front line where the fighting is the worst, then pull the troops back from him so he will be wounded and die. Job had been carefully watching the city of Rabbah, and he put Uriah in the place where he knew where there were some of the enemy's best soldiers. When the men of the city came out, they fought and killed some of David's soldiers. Uriah the Hittite was one of them. Job sent a messenger to tell David everything that was happening in the war. He gave the messenger these orders. When you finish telling the king everything that happened, he may get angry and ask, why did you go no, so near the city to fight? Didn't you know that they would shoot arrows from the wall? Don't you know that, how Abimelech, the son of Gideon, was killed at Tebez? Didn't the woman kill him by dropping a large rock from the top of the city wall? Why did you go so near, close to the city walls? Then you tell him one of your soldiers who was killed was Uriah the Hittite. The messenger went to David and reported everything Job had told him. He added, the enemy chased us from the wall and out in the open fields, but we pushed them back so far as the city gate. Then they shot arrows at us from the top of the wall. Some of your soldiers were killed, and one of them was Uriah the Hittite. David replied, tell Job to cheer up and out not to be upset about what happened. You never know who will be killed in a war. Tell him to strengthen his attack against the city and break through its walls. When Bathsheba heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. Then after the time of mourning was over, David sent someone to bring her to the palace. She became David's wife, and they had a son. So, lots from that story, of course. And later on, you know, another podcast I could talk about David's repentance. And, you know, David was, uh, you know, was a sinner like all of us. He committed adultery. He got his, you know, the, the woman that he swept, slept with and got pregnant, he put her husband in the front of the battle so he could be killed. So he was, <laughs> you know, David. David was not a not a nice man at times of his life. He was he did a lot of evil, but yet he repented. He repented. Actually, I'm gonna I'm just gonna read about his repentance, maybe here too, so that it'll be part of the story. So. The Lord made David's young son very sick. So David went without eating to show his sorrow, and he begged God to make the boy well. David would not sleep on, the, uh, on his bed, but spent each night lying on the floor. His officials stood beside him and tried to talk him into getting up, but he would not get up or eat with him. After the child had been sick for seven days, he died. 
and the officials were afraid to tell David. They said to each other, even when the boy was alive, David wouldn't listen to us. How can we tell him his son is dead? He might do something terrible. David noticed his servants whispering, and he knew that the boy was dead. Did my son die, he asked his servants. Yes, he did, they answered. David got up off the floor. He took a bath, combed his hair, and dressed. He went into the Lord's tent and worshipped. Then he went back home. David asked for something to eat, and when his servants brought him some food, he ate it. His official said, What are you doing? You went without eating and cried for your son while he was alive. But now that he's dead, you're up and eating. David answered, While he was still alive, I went without food and cried because there was still hope. I said to myself, Who knows? Maybe the Lord will pity on me and let the child live. But now that he's dead, why should I go without eating? I can't bring him back. Someday I will join him in death, but he can't return to me. David comforted his wife Bathsheba and slept with her. Later on, she gave birth to another son and named him Solomon. The Lord loved Solomon and sent Nathan the prophet to tell David, the Lord will call him Jedidiah. So, again, David um, committed a great wrong David committed a great sin, but he repented from it, right? And also the psalm, Psalm 51, is a direct psalm that David wrote asking for mercy for his sin of committing adultery. And this is Psalm six, uh, 51, a very famous song. Psalm. You are kind, God. Please have pity on me. You are always merciful. Please wipe away my sins. Wash me clean from all of my sin and guilt. I know about my sins that I cannot forget my terrible guilt. You are really the one I have sinned against. I have disobeyed you and I've done wrong. So it is right and fair for you to correct and punish me. I have sinned and have done wrong since the day I was born. But you want complete honesty, so teach me true wisdom. Wash me with hyssop until I am clean and whiter than snow. Let me be happy and joyful. You crushed my bones, now let them celebrate. Turn your eyes from my sin and cover my guilt. Create pure thoughts in me and make me faithful again. Don't chase me away from you or take, away, or take your Holy Spirit away from me. Make me as happy as you did when you saved me. Make me want to obey. I will teach sinners your law, and they will return to you. Keep me from any deadly sin. Only you can save me. Then I will shout and sing about your power to save. Help me to speak, and I will praise you, Lord. Offerings and sacrifices are not what you want. The way to please you is to fill sorrow deep in our hearts. This is the kind of sacrifice you won't refuse. Please be willing, Lord, to help the city of Zion and to rebuild its walls. Then you will be pleased with the proper sacrifices and we will offer bulls on the altar once again. So the, the thing about David, even though he sinned greatly, and there are many other instances in the, the Bible stories where he sinned, he always repented after his sins. 
he always asked for God's mercy and tried to be, become a better king, a better uh, ruler, a better servant of God. He was not perfect, of course, in any way. None of us are perfect in this life. And, you know, some of us, maybe we didn't commit the sins he committed. Maybe we didn't commit adultery. Maybe we didn't commit, um, you know, basically murder, where David sent the, his mistress's husband out to be killed. But we all commit sins. We all commit something that offends God. And we have to remember that God listens to our prayers. Because God forgave David all his sins. God forgave David everything that he did. And eventually, David, you know, uh, became the ruler of, of, of a, a very strong Israelite state, a country. And this is when Israel was at its peak of its, you know, basically power uh, in that time period. So, you know, God can forgive all of us. He forgave King David. He forgave David's um, sinfulness. And he will forgive us as well. Let us never forget that. Don't be afraid to ask for forgiveness from God for anything we've done. Whether we've broken one of the commandments, whether, you know, it doesn't matter if it's adultery, if it's murder, theft, uh, you know, whatever we, we've done in our life, we're always able to ask for forgiveness if we have a clean and sincere heart to ask for God's grace and mercy upon us and to turn our lives around and do better. This is what God wants from us. He gave David many chances to repent, to turn around his life, and he gives us many chances as well. God bless you. Have a good day.